a big part of Christmas is the giving and receiving of gifts. And aren't we especially excited on those Christmases where uh, we feel we found the perfect gift for those that we love? And I think in, in those moments, we are more excited than the person receiving it. We're, we're waiting for them to open it and to see the pleasure in their face when they receive a gift that we sense they would so deeply appreciate and love. This is actually what defines Christmas. It's what Christmas is a celebration of, that God gave to us the perfect gift, knowing just what we needed. Listen to how the Bible prophesied Jesus' birth centuries before it happened. The prophet Isaiah writes this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Christmas is God giving a child to us. To us, a child is born. To us, a son has been given. The most famous words in all the Bible tell us this truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. A child named Jesus was sent to be a ruler over us. God recognized our need was to have a king unlike any before or since. The Bible promises in the verses we read that no one will reign like this king. He will rule with perfect righteousness and justice. We're told his wisdom, his power, his majesty will far exceed all other rulers. Among his many titles are wonderful. When was the last time you thought of your political leaders and the first word in your mind was wonderful? <laughs> Counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, and his 
kingdom will bring everlasting rest to all of his citizens. He not only is the prince of peace, but his peaceful government will have, we're told, no end. Question is, does Jesus live up to all of that hype? The centuries of prophetic statements, the centuries of anticipation, all that is said and written about Jesus, does he, does he fit the hype? He certainly didn't fit anyone's idea of a king or ruler when he was on this earth. Jesus never held office He never controlled nations. He never lived in a palace. He was famous, but his disciples and followers were a bit of a sketchy group. They were not impressive. Jesus' miracles, now we have to admit, they were impressive. But then, as as a young man, his, his life was quickly ended. And he died on a cross. But Jesus didn't come to fit what we think a ruler should be. Jesus didn't come to step over any kingdom to fill anyone else's role as a a leader. Jesus came to do what we cannot do for ourselves. Jesus didn't come to imitate others. He came to bring and to be what no one in all human history has been able to bring or to be. What did Jesus come to do that we cannot do for ourselves? What is the significance of this son, this child that God the Father has given to us? How is Jesus that perfect gift, not just to the world in some generic sense, that perfect gift that each one of us here needs most? First, we see that Jesus came to defeat what we cannot overcome. We, we all fail in many ways. We, we fail our own standards. We, we not only disappoint people, we, we disappoint ourselves. We all sin. At times we, we try to make it right, but... Sin is is out. We cannot change that. We cannot stop the fact that our life from the beginning has been an exercise of of one sin after another. Even as we try to stop attitudes and behaviors and, and we find ourselves repeating it over and over. Only Jesus lived a sinless life. Not a good life, not a really good life. Jesus lived a, he never sinned in thought, word, or deed life. He lived an impossible life. He not only 
defeated sin by living a perfect life. He defeats what, what gathers us all in. We all die, and we are powerless to stop it. But Jesus, who went into death, broke free from the grave by his own power. He stepped out, not the soul of Jesus. Jesus, the man in bodily form, walked out of the tomb. Jesus is beyond comparison. If, if only for these two reasons, he never sinned and death could not hold him. That makes Jesus singular. His place in history cannot be matched. It's not even close. Jesus came to defeat what we cannot overcome. Secondly, Jesus came to set us free. The Bible tells us that our sin brings a penalty. The Bible says the wage of sin is death. And that penalty of sin is not only that our bodies die, but the Bible speaks of a second death of our soul. There is a punishment that comes not only to the body, but our soul is cast from the presence and grace of God in a place we call and know as hell. But the angel, as we already heard this evening, the angel told Joseph of why this son was coming. Mary will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save them from their sins. God, who is perfectly just, must hold all sin accountable. That's the only way God can be perfect God. He has to deal with all sin, all rebellion, not just the worst, but all of it. He is perfect God. And whatever good we do doesn't negate the sin that comes from us. Jesus was given to us who are hopelessly sinners who cannot undo it, Jesus was given to save us from the reality that is part of all of our lives. We are sinners before holy God. He was given, and he saves us through his death on the cross where Jesus stepped in front of us taking our guilt upon himself and dying on the cross, paying the debt, the guilt we bear for our sins, receiving from the Father the judgment and justice that we deserve. Jesus saves us by taking from us the penalty that a just God must place upon sin. Jesus' death was not a surprise. It was not an interruption of his life. Jesus' death was the purpose for which he came. And we know this was not a surprise for numbers of times. In Jesus' life, he 
told his followers and he told the crowds that he would die, that he would be raised. This was said so publicly and known so widely that when Jesus was crucified, those who put him to death put a guard on the tomb saying, this man said he would raise himself. So we better put a guard then so he doesn't deceive people if he is stolen away. But neither the guards nor the stone nor death nor Satan, no one could keep him bottled up in death. Jesus paid the debt we owe, leaving us, if we entrust ourselves to him, if we repent of our sin and call on him to take that from us. Jesus, who not only defeated what we cannot defeat in sin and death, he then sets us free who are bound by those things. Thirdly, Jesus came to be God with us. That is one of his most precious titles. The prophet Isaiah, again foretelling Jesus' coming, said, A virgin shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus was God who entered humanity, being born of a woman, having human nature, still being God. So he was God with us, sharing our nature, sharing the burdens of life, knowing what it was like to bear loss, to suffer, to be opposed, to be misused. Jesus shared our experience. So he was with us physically in this world. He was with us Enduring what we endure, and he is with us being the son of God who conquered death and who now lives. So Jesus' death is not some long ago religious leader, wonderful person who died a heroic death, which is an example, and we can look back to him and think of his teachings and be encouraged, follow example. He is Far more than that, he is the right now alive son of God. And someone who is alive can hear you and know what is going on in your life. God who is alive and who understands can respond to you. He can come to you. He can meet you. He is not someone out there where through what he did we are saved. It is he can come personally to save you. And so if you're thinking these things, I, I'm drawn to it. I'm just afraid. There's no way I can have enough faith for that. There's no way I can be good enough for that. And you don't have to have those things. He He's the one that gives that. He can step alongside you and give you faith to believe. And then he enables us to live for him. 
this salvation that Christianity speaks of is not something that we have to strap onto ourselves and will ourselves and find the ability to make it work. It is a work that God does, including empowering us to live it out. There's not a thing, not one, that God seeks from you that he will not empower you to be or to do. Jesus who lives, he says, come to me, all who are weary, who are burdened. Jesus said, come to me, I will give you rest. That's the heart of Jesus, God with us. He is Jesus who came to defeat what we cannot overcome, who came to set us free, who is God with us, and he is God who came to give lasting peace. His kingdom, we read, will never end. Doesn't your heart yearn for rest? to be at peace? Doesn't all of the squabbling of the world, there's lots of people with answers, opinions. We hear them all the time. But are you not tired of the hearing of all the answers is people yelling at each other. Christ, his answer is Trust me, I will come to you, and I, I will be your rest, and I will give you a rest that will never end because Jesus never dies, and his kingdom is never overcome. Indeed, he gathers us into a kingdom over which he rules and into which no sin can ever enter. If it did, eternity would then be like this world again. For it to be a place of rest, no sin can enter. And so no sinner can enter. And so we must have Christ take our guilt and sin and change our hearts so we can be with God who came to be with us. People can say, do this, follow this, and it'll work, it'll make you happy, but no one can guarantee that what they say will actually work. No one can guarantee except Jesus. No one rules over death, controls death, except Jesus. Only Jesus who rules over death and eternity can guarantee that he does give rest and peace and will have a kingdom that doesn't end. No one else can give that promise. We appreciate those who love us and who care for us and who give to us. But even with their best intentions, those who love us 
those who care for us, they, they can never be to us what Jesus is. They cannot remove the guilt of our sin. They cannot promise eternal life. They cannot save us. We're meant to need each other and to care for each other, but only Jesus can save. He is the most precious and wonderful gift that God could give. There is nothing greater. There is nothing more wonderful that God could give than to send his son and to put our punishment on his son instead of us. Jesus is the most precious, wondrous gift ever given and that could ever be received. He is just what we needed. And you can experience that for yourself because he is the living Jesus Christ. You never have to take the word of any pastor preaching to you. You can call out to him yourself. And this very night, you can meet Jesus and have the assurance that he gives, that he is God with you personally forever, and that the weight and guilt of your sin is gone forever, and that he will stay with you. You can have that tonight simply by asking for it. It is not what we deserve. It's a grace he gives to whoever calls upon him. He is the gift that we need. Would you not receive what God has given? Would you not entrust yourself to Jesus? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that you sent your Son into the world, into humanity. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to come and willing to suffer and willing to bear the penalty that we deserve. We thank you that you did not push us away even when we push you away. And we ask that you who live now, that you would meet the hearts of each person here, that you would confirm to each one who is struggling within that you live and that you desire to be with us. We ask that you would encourage those who are beaten down, that you would come close to those who feel far, that you would save each person here, 
that has not entrusted themselves to you. Do this, Lord Jesus, because we need it. In your name we pray. Amen.